You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Today, Brandon, Chase, and myself are in Banyan 1 yeah. in Ogden, Utah. We should explain Banyan, for those who are new to the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Banyan 1 is a 1960 aristocrat camping trailer that was pulled into the Monarch Building here in the heart of the Nine Rails Arts District in Ogden, Utah, and it is a... It's just a fancy studio, an indoor yeah, turned, camping studio. Turned into a recording studio for podcasts, for adventure and art podcasts. We have a deck and a picnic table a nice inside deke. a building. Yeah, fully lit. So that's Banyan 1. Some turf. Is there turf We do have grass, yeah. yeah. yeah we brought in some grass. grass. Got had to buy that from the store. A fridge, a see-through fridge. A see-through fridge that's lockable so you don't drink all of my beverages. <laughs> the bevies. Um yeah, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, it is. It is fun. Makes it easier. At at the uh, at the base of the Wasatch Mountains in Ogden, Utah. Yeah. Literally the base. Literally. Literally. I think we talked about that earlier. So. Yeah. Oh. It's like, yeah, because the mountains come down from the top of Mount Ogden, and they slope all the way down into Washington Boulevard, and then it flattens out. Yeah, so technically we're up just a, just a hair we from are Washington. We yeah. are half a block yeah. up from the base look at that so anyway very it's very similar to i'm going to tie this together here uh, <laughs> very similar to new zealand of course wow yes, yes. Yeah. very yeah. similar which you might be familiar with uh and we do have goats yep and sheep and sheep mountain sheep we have goats sorry and sheep. mountain goats mountain yeah goats. i don't think we do sheep. have mountain sheep have mountain. Here. big horn sheep but we have mountain goats but you know what they have in new zealand merino 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 wool. You know what we should talk about Marino today? Sheep. What? Let's talk about merino. We should. What oh, about like that's ice a good idea. Oh, I like icebreaker. <laughs> oh, this is kind of bad. Icebreaker <laughs> is an interesting brand because it's one of those brands that when you see, well, and when I say you, I mean like most people that come in this store, probably, I mean myself included, um, you see that price tag and it's like nothing is worth <laughs> a, a whatever. T-shirt. Hundred dollar <laughs> t-shirt. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. Like this is or not a hundred dollar long sleeve shirt. And then somebody somehow gives you or whatever you, you make the purchase or whatever you obtain an ice, an icebreaker piece of apparel. And then you soon realize that it's like, you know what? I will pay whatever right. for this. It's insane how that works like that. Um, it's merino wool, and again, it's not your grandma, grandpa's, great grandpa's merino. 
or wool, it's it's much different. Yeah. So can you explain the differences on some of those? Yeah. Like traditional versus merino wool. We'll start there. Yeah. So when it comes to wool, uh, there are different different types of wool that come from different types of sheep. So merino wool comes from merino sheep. If you've seen the sheep with the curly horns, um, those are probably merino sheep. There's also like cashmere sheep, for example. That's where cashmere wool comes from. It's very soft and luxurious. Um, So merino wool, uh, merino sheep create some of the finest wool, which means the actual fibers are very small. So high quality merino wool can be as thin as 17 to 20 or so microns thick which is thinner than the human hair and um when it comes and and wool is made out of keratin just like your your own hair and fingernails and that sort of thing and so um if you look at the wool underneath a microscope it looks like it looks like a hair but it has a a uh a cuticle. It's not just a thin, smooth piece. It, it has a cuticle to it. it. It looks like under a microscope, like there's these little pokey things, like that a little stick barbs or a, something, almost. Mm-hmm. Which is what itch people traditionally. Yeah. So when you normally wear wool and it feels itchy, it's because you're feeling those barbs kind of poke you. But the finer the wool, the smaller those little barb things are, and the less likely you're going to feel them. Well, merino is one of the finest. And those barbs are so small that you you just don't even feel it. It feels soft like cotton or silk or whatever. It feels super soft and and fine and and then there's a natural oil over the fiber called lanolin, which helps to helps it feel even smoother. So um, your traditional like rag wool that's really itchy. That's just from it's like cheaper cheaper wool but you get a merino wool or cashmere wool or whatever and it just feels super soft and luxurious and that's what icebreaker has icebreaker gets all their wool from merino sheep grown in new zealand and they're boy are they sourced like you can go to the farmer yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so that's the cool thing is all of their all of their pieces come with a tag and you can follow the information on the tag to find out what farm your wool came from which is pretty sweet so merino wool is it's a sustainable uh, product it's not plastic um but they're i mean there may be what what's the process of getting it from like are the animals hurt in retrieving wool like how what's oh they're what's just that process they, like? they just get a haircut they get a haircut yeah so the sheep will they their hair grows long keeps them warm during the winter it te- keeps them cool during the summer then they get a haircut, and the wool that is taken from them is used for to make garments. So, and, and it's a super fabric because um, it sort of has uh, an anti-flammability structure to yeah, it. Yeah. Yep. Um, thermoregulates, very soft. They don't stink. Has odor suppression because there's nothing for the odor to grab onto. Um, UV protection. And it's biodegradable over time. Yeah. I mean, and moisture moisture management as well. So it's like a freaky fabric that does all the things you've ever wanted it to do. And it's not plastic. Right. Which is nuts. And so 
but it does cost some money right to get it yeah right so that's the thing is it it is it is uh an amazing fabric it is green if you will it's good for the fine for the environment doesn't hurt anything um the sheep aren't hurt in the process the um I mean, there is a little bit of polyester or nylon or spandex or whatever that's usually put into the to the shirt to give it a, the structure that it needs. But it's usually just almost like the, the skeleton of the shirt is made of polyester or nylon or whatever, and the rest of it is wool. So if you took an icebreaker shirt and you buried it in the ground and then you came back six months later, all you would see is like these little outline of what used to be a shirt of these like polyester fibers that won't biodegrade because all the wool biodegraded and and, and is gone, has just recycled into the earth. So it's pretty cool that way. Um, if you don't put a little bit of that polyester in, then the, the wool fibers don't stay together as well. They're not as durable. They don't last as long. And that's why they do use a little bit of that synthetic structure just to give it more life. Um, otherwise you get little holes and stuff like that all over and it, it breaks down yeah. so, that way. Go ahead. So yeah, like another, another part of their sustainability, um, with, with that being biodegradable is most of the, from what I understand, most of the plastics like in the ocean is it's micro microplastics, right? It's plastics that are, are transported out there because we wash our clothes and these synthetic fibers break down every single wash and they just get flushed out. Right. Um, oh, I didn't know. And that. so, like that that great um, that garbage patch out there, from what I've understood, a lot of it's just little teeny plastics. Um, they can't really see, but it's enough to like destroy reefs and destroy ocean life, right? Or even your local water sources, whatever it may be. Um, so that's another reason the icebreaker is, or just merino in general, natural fibers, they don't break down like a synthetic fiber does in the wash. And if they do, they can biodegrade. So yeah. it's just like a m- more playing into the fact that not necessarily icebreaker specifically, but when you are buying, keep in mind that synthetic fibers don't biodegrade. So when they do break down in the wash, there's nothing you can really do about it. So one thing that I love, so cotton is also a natural fiber, mm-hmm. also biodegradable, safe for the environment, all that stuff. So cotton's fine. Uh, but cotton is not ideal for the mountains because when it gets wet, it takes a long time for it to dry and you get cold and clammy. And, you know, if during the summer, if it's hot out, that's fine. But during the winter, if you sweat in it and then you get chilled, like that can become real dangerous when you're in the mountains. And so generally we say no cotton. There's the, the little slogan. Cotton is rotten. Cotton, well, cotton, cotton is kills. rotten. Cotton kills. All of that stuff. Cotton so, is rotten. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> I haven't either. That's yeah. genius. Um, so in the mountains, cotton kills, especially if it's cold weather. Um, wool, on the other hand, has the amazing ability to keep you warm when it's cold and cool when it's warm. So if you think about these sheep, um, these sheep in New Zealand or in Australia or in other areas of the world where merino sheep thrive, they usually have really cold winter climates and really warm summer climates and these sheep stay comfortable in this wide range of temperatures with the same jacket on and it's a wool jacket and um, so that's the cool thing so wool actually the fibers are hollow and they can't they'll have like air in these hollow fibers within the (laughs) nature's so cool yeah within the hair and so um 
it can actually help you insulate but also if you're sweating the fiber can absorb water it can absorb 30 percent of its weight in water before it starts to feel wet and feel damp so if you're actually out hiking and sweating and stuff like that um, it'll soak up and wick moisture better than synthetics will now synthetics don't soak up the the moisture within the fibers because they're not hollow they soak them up between the fibers and that can actually when the water soaks up between the fibers of the synthetic shirt that'll stop airflow from going through it and so at a certain point when you wet out a synthetic shirt it stops breathing and you almost get warmer because you don't have any airflow through and it holds all the funk you could ever imagine <laughs> and that. i don't know why they stink so bad but man do they stink yeah that's probably just me no that's i'm, that's I'm sure no one else stinks in this. <laughs> it's, yeah synthetic stink that's for sure um so then wool on the other hand it actually absorbs a lot more moisture into the fiber and it leaves the space between the fibers to for airflow and stuff and so it actually breathes much better you can you can completely submerge a synthetic shirt and put it on and go for a run and overheat with a totally soaked shirt. And with wool, you could do the same thing and be completely comfortable because you still get airflow through the fibers. And, uh, and so that's pretty cool. So there's a lot of really cool stuff with wool. It actually wicks moisture, helps keep you cool, keeps you uh, and comfortable in the hot weather it keeps you warmer in the cool weather. When did icebreaker start, you know? I have it here. I have the answer. It's in the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, very good. 93. 95. And the creator who it was... His last name is Moon, I believe. Jeremy Moon. Jeremy Moon. Much younger than the average successful... I saw the other day that uh, the... 40 year olds start the businesses that are the most successful huh. uh any most people who are because they've usually done it two or three times yeah and then by the time they reach <laughs> 40 now they know what they're doing uh, but he was only 24 years old wow in 1995 and his aim was to provide garments for outdoor adventures with less resilience on sorry less reliance on petrochemical fibers providing a more sustainable future for us and the planet but back then, synthetics were king in 95. Right. Uh, just just go to a 5K. Um, <laughs> so convincing people was going to be far from easy. Um, yeah, so we had to go through steps and processes. And, and Smart Wool was one of the big merino wool brands that broke through initially. Right. There were some others, some that are now no longer around. Icebreaker has lasted. And I don't know, I couldn't tell you the differences between the merino of icebreaker and and somebody else but um the quality is definitely nice at, at icebreaker and yeah. fit so so the the rep for smart wool actually told me that they get their merino from the same exact mill in new zealand um so i think when it comes down to the actual the actual merino yes yeah. i think same. they're same but where they could differ. And I don't have very much experience with smart wool. Um, I, I have a bit. And I, I have experience with like Nerona's wool and other companies' wool, but not smart wool. But I, I know I've worn a lot of Icebreaker and I can speak to the quality of their manufacturing. Yeah. So, so processing manufacturing might be different. 
So mm-hmm. I've had a bunch of I, uh, Smart Wolf stuff over the years. I've loved every bit of it. I've had a bunch of Icebreaker. Loved every bit of it. So occasionally with Icebreaker and with Smart Wolf, you run into a piece that doesn't fit quite right. But that's, you know, what, what doesn't fit me quite right would fit another person just right. So... So it, it's hard to say on that, but as far as like the quality of the wool, the quality of the construction, the design, that sort of thing, I think Smart Wool and Icebreaker are both very good. Smart Wool started here in the U.S., Icebreaker started in New Zealand, and they've kind of gone throughout the world that way. So Icebreaker's smaller here than Smart Wool, but Smart Wool's probably smaller over on the other side of the world. So Icebreaker says they've maintained its transparency by developing a business based on close long-term relationships and know exactly where our garments are being made. We do not use agents or outsourcing. We take responsibility for the whole ecosystem, and their supply chain process begins 84% in New Zealand, 11% in Australia, and 5% in South Africa. That's where they're sourcing. This is wool fiber source. Goes um, Number two, their top processing is China. And this is all transparent, which I very which I like. And then number three, yarn spinning, which is in... China, Italy, Bulgaria, fabric mills from China, Vietnam, Taiwan, and Japan, garment suppliers, China, Vietnam, Bangladesh, USA, and Italy, distribution centers, Germany, USA, Canada, New Zealand, and then customers all all over the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm good that they're. I'm glad that they're transparent on where their customers oh, are. Oh yeah, <laughs> it doesn't say actually. I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Garments. Oh, reach more. Reach our customers through 4,500 stores in over 47 countries and via the website in 23 countries. So, so that's interesting. They're, they're wool all. So is their wool come from New Zealand still, or is it come from Mostly South New Africa, Zealand. New Zealand, and Australia? Yeah. And then they process it in those other places. Yeah. Is that what that's saying? Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Greasy so. wool. Greasy wool is cleaned and prepared for spinning in China. The top making process comprises of four main steps, scouring, carding, gilling, and combing. Hmm. Got to gill the gil fish the or the wool. Bro, you gill your wool? <laughs> yeah. They spin, <laughs> spin it in somewhere. Like, that's a lot going on. So when you yeah. think, oh, well, why does this fabric feel or act the way it does? Well, it goes through all of these processes before you purchase it versus maybe a cotton that doesn't go through a that much or the mills are so big that does it easier i don't know and another thing that just side thought that i had with their uh, manufacturing process is one of the things that they're trying to do um, i'm not sure if other merino companies are trying to do this is um natural dyes with their shirt so you'll see on their website they have a few different options and it's newer of natural dyes and there's only a couple different colors um but another thing that they mentioned is a lot of the polluting water a lot of the polluted water in the world is from dyeing clothing. Um, it takes so much water to dye shirts and to dye pants. And so they're trying to use natural dyes that don't pollute the water and use a lot less water in the process. So you'll see that on their website. If you're wondering what that is, it's a natural dye. Um, they're usually a little more expensive because the process is more longer. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and not only that, but if they're using natural dyes and the rest of the world is using chemical dyes, um, just it's going to be more expensive because there's less people using it like the more people adopt it the less expensive Mm -hmm. it's going to be yeah icebreaker audited all of their factories in 2016 2017 uh carried out 34 audits including 11 re-audits 
the average the industry average was a score of 7.2 and they looked at things like waste management hygiene hours wages and benefits labor practices and icebreakers overall average score was 9.2 wow there you go 7.6 whatever yeah so they do care about these things right um long-term relationships with their people who work for them the other the other cool thing that they did is you know when they first started they would get wool from wherever they could get it but then he came up with this idea that if he did these long-term contracts with the same suppliers the volatility of the prices and everything would it would go away and and the suppliers could have a more uh, reliable income and livelihood and stuff and so he started doing these long-term contracts with all these different suppliers which helped the suppliers have a better better business helped him have more reliable wool allowed them to create better circumstances for the sheep and all this other stuff and it just kind of cleaned up the whole process and he i think they're the ones that first started that idea and now lots of companies benefit from that same this type is, of idea that's kind of funny too the it says icebreaker growers are committed to a strict animal we- welfare code. That part's not funny. That part's really good. This is the part that's funny that even extends to the sheepdogs that work at the stations. So <laughs> even the sheepdogs are made sure they take take care of those dogs that watch the flocks out there. So. Well, you you know what they say? Like, what is it? Happy cows make happy cheese, or something? Or <laughs> California cows, isn't it? I California cows, the, the I best. Don't know. I don't <laughs> know, but. <laughs> But happy, happy sheep dogs make happy sheep make happy. Because if you've got a disgruntled sheep dog, the sheep suffer because they're biting them and yeah, them we don't know the sheep and suffer. Can, and and you when the can sheep feel it in the wool, right, I, it yeah. itches. Right, you're like this must have come from an angry, yeah, the, an angry sheep. sheep. Yeah, you don't want angry wool. So you want want happy sheep dogs, happy sheep, happy wool, happy, happy life. sheep makes happy wool. Happy wool makes a happy life. Um, the other thing just to be aware of, so I talked about the kind of the cuticle on the on the wool, on the 17 to 20 micron wool, mm. right? It's so small. And then there's lanolin, natural lanolin on the wool that helps keep it soft. Well, if you dry your wool in a dryer, you heat it up, that causes the lanolin to get hard and then crack and that will cause your wool to get itchier over time. And you said you put your socks in the dryer. I do. And it's because... It, so you're not supposed to dry your wool stuff in a, in a dryer. You hang dry it. Which is what I do. Which is what you do. Because you're very, you're very yes. meticulous. That's yes, what I'm now Wash going cold. to do. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> so <laughs> I learned anything today. <laughs> I put my socks in the dryer just because, but all of my shirts and stuff that's against my skin, my socks, I don't notice the itch on my feet as much, and so I'm not, I don't worry about it. But um, if you want to keep your wool feeling soft and smooth and lasting longer, you hang dry it so it doesn't cause that lanolin to... Um, get heated up and then dry like when it when it heats up from a dryer it gets brittle and it breaks off and it causes the wool to feel itchier over time so you don't want want to do that hang dry that's hang dry the, that's the moral of the story yep so that's icebreaker we we've really liked icebreaker for winter base layers for summer i, I honestly have a bunch of icebreaker shirts that i use for summer trail running i actually feel more comfortable 
Icebreaker underwear, if I'm doing a long run on a hot day, I pr- much prefer icebreaker underwear over like sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll do sacks. That's S-A-X-X, You prefer icebreaker underwear over sacks underwear. Clearing the air. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. Anybody out there to be Right. I only own icebreaker boxers at this point yeah yeah that and that's what i seven days a week icebreaker boxers yeah. they're super awesome i freaking love them super comfortable yeah. mm-hmm. um so i i do the merino wool underwear for long runs on hot days and then on shorter runs or when it's not so hot when i'm not going to be sweating as much i do like sacks underwear um for that as well so but icebreaker's great i could I could run in it. I was day. surprised at how, and I became a a convert um, because the wool in the summer is something you don't consider, right? And but it's a fantastic piece too because when you get up higher in altitude and it does, if you need it, thermal regulates, and so it's like a little cooler, and then it can be a little warmer. It just does that. It naturally as a t-shirt as your base layer. If that's all you're wearing in the summer on a hike, it's like a fantastic garment. Yeah, absolutely. I um, yeah. One thing to to be aware of though, merino wool doesn't last as long as your synthetics, which is why I don't run in it every single day. I run in it on the hot days on the not so hot days then i run in synthetics more just because they tend to last longer how much are they asking for the boxers these days how much the icebreaker 60 no for the the icebreaker underwear it's like 30 or 40 bucks i think really yeah i thought it was closer to that but anyway i i get i've got a bunch at first right so i'm up to like you know i got at least a pair a pair per day per day for and we wash them and they'll last about two years before i'll start Needing to replace them. Yeah, replace them. So, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long people keep their underwear, but that's because that's where I'm at with the icebreakers. Just just buy a couple a month for six months, and then you're set. Then you just replace them. And then you just replace them. (laughs) As you go. As you go. Yeah. Yeah, I I generally, if, like, mine start getting a hole in them, then I throw them out, and I buy a new, new pair to replace them. So, and that, yeah, they tend to last quite a while, although I don't wear them as an everyday everyday thing so much um but anyway so that's icebreaker that's merino wool in general smart wool is also great we like smart wool um we don't carry smart wool but they do make some great stuff so i've had good experience we may carry them in the future yeah not opposed so but we do like icebreaker we think they're a good company they've been great to work with for us and uh and we've had a good experience with their products so that's that's icebreaker and you can find icebreaker products online at gear30.com that's gear30 spelled out g-e-a-r-t-h-i-r-t-y.com um and we well we, would i just want to mention real quick when you come into the shop to look at icebreaker and you see the sticker price remember this podcast right there's, yes. there's a lot that goes into right. that garment yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know of anybody that has bought Icebreaker that has come back upset because they felt like they paid too much. But we have had loads of people come back to buy more because they yeah. said this is better than better than we expected. That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. That's a, I, was, I was a skeptic at first. Because the price tag makes yeah. you one, yeah. And my Cool Light Icebreaker shirt is my favorite trail running shirt, favorite backpacking shirt uh, I've ever owned. Yeah, so. agreed. 
All right. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us for the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please click subscribe and also leave us a friendly review. Um, that helps other people find the podcast as well. Uh, also, you can follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero. You can like us on Facebook and visit gear30.com for all of your gear needs. Uh, and check out the deals of the week. That's a pretty awesome way to get great deals on, on what you so need. On good gear. On good gear, including Icebreaker. Ice, uh, we've got a lot of like winter base layers that are starting to go on sale uh, as we inch closer to Yeah, they spring. were on sale last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, check out gear30.com for that. And that's it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. Woo.